take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Morning, Tommy. Morning, Senor Finley of Joseph. Finley, how are you? All right, man. Yep. Ah, welcome aboard. Yeah, to uh, Finley's Fine Reserve. That's this right. Episode set aside from the cellar, especially for you, the um, con- Patreon, the Patreon, the Patreonic audience. <laughs> we are fucking loopy today, man. That's all right, man. <sighs> um, so um, we're talking today yeah. about uh, Ms. Jane Russell. Bring into you, Jane Russell. She had a terrible, like, actual name. What was that again? Let me see if I can. Oh, you had a little. Uh, what was her real name? No, it was. It was like oh, super long. Oh, nice way to bring it up, Tommy. And then yeah. have <laughs> I'll get it in a second. All right, dick You're a dick one. Yeah. Well, Jane Russell. Look, um, I the, my introduction to her was 1953's um, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yes. And which is interesting. Uh, that might be the way a lot of people are introduced to her because. She's a beauty, but clearly co-starring with Marilyn Monroe and her She's Marilyn Monroe-ness, mm-hmm. you know, the height of her Marilyn-esque. Marilyn-osity. Yeah. Yes. Um, 1953, she, she, it's sort of like playing the, the straight man to the, the funny man, right? So, yeah, it really is. It's funny because she really was. I mean, Jane Russell was a really tremendously beautiful woman, but then Marilyn was Marilyn. Well, it's not just beauty because, like Marilyn, mm-hmm. most of what she did in her career was trading off her, her sex appeal. Yes. And, but, like... Not a vague sort of 40s or 50s or 60s Hollywood sex appeal, but like a very pointed, like, a very, pointed very objectified sense of the body and sex. Uh, best, I think one of the best jokes I've ever heard from Bob Hope was uh, the, the culture is being able to describe Jane Russell without moving your hands. She had tickled bitties, man. <laughs> tickled bitties. By the way, I got that did name right now. Her actually. Holy fucking. Oh, did you say she had tig old bitties, baby? Oh, you fucking hack. <laughs> People, he is funny. Oh, I oh swear that's to God. awful. Her name is, uh, her full name is Ernestine Jane Geraldine <laughs> Russell. What a fuck. That's one of the best editing oh, you down suck, for cooker. a knife. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Big old bitties, man. Wow. That's awful. Yeah, I'm a fucking, I'm a, okay. I'm a teenager. I don't think I've ever, uh, I've ever written that fact. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So what was it again? Uh, <laughs> Ernestine, Ernestine Jane Geraldine Russell. All right. So let's get this, let's get editing this down started. A, editing down a fucking name has never been better, <laughs> never been better done. Tickle bitties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so, um. <laughs> <laughs> I found his breaking point. Holy well, shit. Well, it's just such it awful, it's like 70s, like, <laughs> didn't quite make it sitcom humor. It's yes. just awful. Yes. Okay, so, um. I do, I'm a teenager, I swear. It's not a, no, that's not what I'm making fun of. You're missing the whole thing. So, but anyway, so 1943, um, there's this, there's this film that's, that's sort of legendary, and it's, it's The Outlaw. It's the first mm-hmm. film we're going to take a look at. So it's 1943. Jane Russell really isn't even the star of this film, per yes. se. Well, no, but she, she's got two stars. Her gazungas, her, her bazoombas, her, her the gazongas. The entire her... point of that fucking movie, man. Well, no, I disagree with you. So, so okay, well, let's just sort of like set the vague stage. We, we can go down to like rolling through the plot, however you want. Sure. But uh, A, it's one of Howard Hughes's, um, his only, the only two films that he directed. Yes. Right? Yes. And he, he really pushed, he, he directed Wings. Wings, that's right. Was it? 
Yeah, it was Wings. Wings in 1928. And yeah. then 1943, um, he brings us The Outlaw. The Outlaw. And The Outlaw is... Um, now, by the way, I do want to point out, he is the director, but an uncredited directing uh, was by Howard Hawks. Hawks, yeah. yeah. So, so um, it's shocking. The Outlaw is is um, I'm kind of a fan of of like um, historic um, fiction. You know, yes. the, the, I, I for instance liked um, Inglorious Bastards, whereas well, you did not. I, I did not, and I got to say the same thing kind of applies here because there's mm-hmm. I, I was as I was watching it, it was like oh this is Tarantino might have gotten his an idea from this. It, <laughs> Which, was, it yeah. was taking historical people and putting them where they fucking absolutely were. Never. Yeah, of course. Let's so. just what, what Which, if right? I can't, right? And I can't and in in, in in no intellectual way. Can I say why why you shouldn't do that? Yeah, it just does bug me. Sometimes it's just a, a it's a bit. thought experiment in yeah. the form of a film, right? Right. So you have like Pat Garrett, Pat Garrett. You have Billy the Kid, right? Now they are associated. They, they are associated. Then but, you have Doc like, Holliday. Then you have Doc Holliday, who's never from nowhere near there, who suddenly appears in the is, is, is appears in the story. Right. Know? Okay. So so yes. So there's so the, there's at the outset there's a sort of like uh, imagined historical meeting of these three people, mm-hmm, right. right? There's that. Um, somehow Jane Russell is a part of that uh, through this convoluted story that involves a horse. Yes. And it also is, um, immediately strikes you as the most sort of, it, it's very westerny. I mean, it's like um, uh, My Darling Clementine. It's got a, a very mm. like 1940s, this Western. is a black and white Western, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Okay, so so the premise is. So let's let's back it up here. Okay, so about, it starts vaguely about a horse. What, okay, so Doc Holliday comes to town. We're not no comes idea to what Pat the fuck Garrett's town. town. Pat Garrett is the new sheriff, new, having been sort of an outlawish person before that, sure. apparently. So uh, the sh- so, shades of one-eyed Jacks. Later yeah, on, right. Yeah. Well, that, it, there is a lot of truth to the fact that most of these, most of the lawmen of the old west at one point were criminals of some kind. Yep. Because mostly the people of the old west were sociopaths, the ones that we know about. Anyways, uh, so he is so. Uh, that, that, so Doc- that's, that's Thomas Mitchell who plays Pat Garrett, by the way, and I I, I know him most as Uncle Billy from It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> yes, remember this? Yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, so uh, so um, Doc Holliday comes to town. Uh, he is looking for his horse. He's done, he done missed his horse, and somebody said it went this way. So yeah. he comes to this town. He's looking for it. Uh, he meets up with Pat Garrett. And apparently, they're oldest bestest buddies. Mm-hmm. They've been they've known each other for since since whenever. Anyways. Um, and they go to go to find his horse because they they figure they so they go find the horse and the horse is basically owned now by Billy the Kid who stolen it essentially. Well, you you assume yeah, it looks like he stole it. Might have might have he he plays it off like he bought it off somebody else who stole it. Yeah, but nevertheless, and so now you have like two of the two of the gunfightiest gunfighters of the old west meeting up with each other and getting very cagey and sort of bonding over that fact a little bit. Okay, well. What? Yeah, that's no. where it's kind of interesting. Right? Yeah, I like. I, I don't know whether I think they would have just <laughs> slapped leather and like shot it out if it really were about this. But they don't. They they they, they kind of bond and they get you know. Well, that's that's the last part. Kind of bond. Yeah. I mean, this movie is. It's One a buddy of, picture, yeah. It's yeah. the most homoerotic film, isn't it? Fuck, I was ever. watching this whole goddamn thing. Where are you staying tonight? That overcompensates you, with Jane Russell. Where are you staying tonight, kid? No. Well, this, you want to crash? You want to bunk down with me? Like it is fucking very homoerotic. I, well, as a coincidence, you know, I'm I'm doing a, a segment of uh, a film segment or or um, unit in in my lit class, mm-hmm. and so I've given students, and and so I have a group of students who met with me recently to talk over their analysis. Of the outlaw, huh? and they immediately saw the same thing. Right, like this is a picture about it's 
This two gay men, dude, right? Yeah, fuck guys. Just <laughs> get to Holiday it, would and, you please? And, and Billy the Kid. You're getting distracted by this woman with the with the large breasts. Not really, not very distracted though. Well, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves because yeah. Pat Garrett and and Doc Holiday are old friends. Yes, and Pat Garrett is immediately upset with how much Doc Holiday takes to Billy the Kid. Yeah, it's just like a bitchy old queen. Yes, played <laughs> by uh, Walt um, Walter Houston. Houston, right? Yeah, Walter Houston and. Um, we get into when we get to the part where we talk about how we feel about the movie. We'll, we'll talk about that. But. Okay. Well, Walter Houston is a rec- the thing about Houston to me is he's he's so recognizable as his the voice. Yeah, that yeah. voice sort of comes. So so you have this sort of like trying well, because and the voice and the voice is very is very important for Walter Houston because he comes from like sort of the older school of acting where mm-hmm. people were. Uh, well, he, uh, character acting, where where yeah. he was very much sort of a you know a chameleonish person. Mm-hmm. Like he could be like if you like Treasure of the Sierra Madre, you sure. know him from Five the years voice. Later, yeah. You wouldn't know him from looking at him. No. And they don't look at all. Evan O'Brien all too. I'd say the same thing. They have yeah. a parallel in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, the quality. Yeah, yeah. So 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 the initial sort of conflict is like this. Um, no, it's not really conflict. It's a joking conflict about the horse. You know, yes. it's like Doc Holliday wants his horse back. Billy the Kid's like, I'm used to this horse. I for, I don't know what's so fucking great about this particular horse, but. It's a really awesome horse. I'm told, and I don't know this. We'd have to ask Dave about this, but mm-hmm. apparently, like the, the the apparently, it's a really well trained horse. Mm-hmm. It walks backwards, which apparently horses don't like doing that kind of thing. They have to be trained to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's that quality, and, mm-hmm. and it, it looks beautiful enough. And it's black and white, so it's hard to tell how beautiful it actually is. And then, it, blah, it, blah. so then the other conflict, of course, is that Patrick Eric doesn't really particularly like the fact that Doc Holliday is is becoming friends with someone else. Right. You pick your friends, man. You yeah. Know, like, so there's this love love weird homoerotic love triangle that happens in the other. beginning, right? Yeah. And Doc Holliday starts swinging away from Pat Garrett as a like this lifelong friend pretty mm-hmm. quickly, given what Pat Garrett wants, which That's... is like get the fuck away from this outlaw Billy the Kid. Right. Right. And it had, we're talking we were talking within ten minutes of this movie. The the allegiance switch <laughs> switch immediately. Oh over right. right okay so 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 there's that sort of conflict then mm-hmm. we have this other conflict so so the the running horse of like the joke like doc holiday the like sneaking the, the what did i the say the running joke of the horse the running horse of the joke <laughs> <laughs> the running joke of the horse take old biddies oh, okay so so um is that doc holiday's trying to sneak off with the horse all the time trying to trying to get the horse right, back and, right. and sneak out of town with mm-hmm. the horse and wink wink ha ha and that says he back. may just be using billy so, so, <laughs> so we get rom com. We get this other sort of conflict <laughs> that happens, and that's that Billy the Kid um, mm-hmm. goes to sort of check his horse out in the stable, and well, he's sleeping next to the horse because he because he knows Doc is going to try to tries to sleep next to it, and right. and someone tries to kill him, and and you find out that it's Jane Russell's character, yes, and Jane Russell is real Rio. McDonald, yes, and she's got this sort of beef with Billy the Kid because her brother has been had been shot by Billy the Kid, right? So she's so she's out. For vengeance. So Billy the Kid does what anyone would do. He rapes her. Well, of course. <laughs> why wouldn't why you? Would, oh, please. Listen. Again, you want to talk about movies taking taking like I think like half the Clint Eastwood, like early Clint Eastwood westerns. He mm-hmm. rapes a woman in a in in in, in the plains. in the barn. Yeah. Well, High Plains Drifter. It's clear. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely taking a page out of that. Absolutely. But it's also it's just kind of bizarre. Well, I don't know. It's a product of a time. But but you know, it's sort of the camera pans away and it's like, what are you doing? Scuffle, scuffle. And clearly he rapes her. Um, and, and, and so there's that. And, and then he and Doc Holliday get in a real scuffle mm-hmm. with with um, Pat Garrett, right. and it's clear that Pat Garrett is now sort of charged with taking them, taking in. them down, taking them down. Right. And Billy and Billy gets uh, Billy gets wounded. So they head off to Doc Holliday's place. Right. 
where no, isn't it's not Doc Holliday's, isn't it? Uh, her place, isn't it hers? Who Rio? Yeah, Rio's. It's Rio's. Well, it's theirs. Yeah. That's, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's right, their right. place because right. because for some so the, so anyway, so they, they head back to Doc Holliday's place and Rio McDonald is there, the right. aforementioned rapee mm-hmm. of Billy the Kid. And right. so we learn that actually she is now bizarrely she is Doc Holliday's girlfriend, right? Which makes no sense at all. No, because they're clearly gay. First off, first of all, they're clearly gay. <laughs> Doc Holliday is Walter Houston at his you know was, like jowly oh, fucking cranky. Yeah, he yeah. came out of the womb with like like a like a crinkled paper it's bag. Like an early version of Walter <laughs> Matthau in this movie, and <laughs> like a sack with a nose. Yeah, and and uh, why would Jane Russell? Why would Rio be his girlfriend? Right, right? when she's clearly barely legal. Barely <laughs> she's legal. Fucking barely. Yeah, and um, then um, they show up with Billy the Kid, who's sort of you know feverish and in his little sort of wounded coma, right. and she takes care of him because, of course, having been raped by him, she's in love with him. Right, absolutely, because that <laughs> happens a lot. Apparently, it was a different time, Joe. I'm sure. Well, of I got a point. Now, I got a point. What's the name of the actor who plays uh, Billy the Kid? Because he, I don't think I've ever seen him in fucking anything else. No, I, I looked him up. Uh, Jack Patel. Yeah, pretty enough looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very sort of um, okay. A very gay for sure. But well, the guy is a power bottom if ever there were. We'll get to how gay this film is. I mean, we haven't even started, right? <laughs> so 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 she loves him mm-hmm. and um and Doc Holliday it sort of um takes to the road for about a month to to get Pat Garrett off the trail, right? Essentially, right? right. Leaving those two alone, almost except for, uh, that they're in the company of a Native American aunt, right? Of of Rio, mm-hmm. who's at her most Native American. Yes. <laughs> Unabashedly, unashamedly, just re- what white people think Native Americans Absolutely are like. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's just so stock, it's it's almost not worth talking about. She mm. just sort of like spends her time in the kitchen, sleeping on a kitchen bench, while clearly, and, and this is where the film is, is again, kind of overtly dicey. So mm. the homoeroticism is, is like, a 1943 audience could miss it, I right. suppose. But they, well, okay, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But what they wouldn't miss is there's been a rape. Mm-hmm. Now they're clearly sleeping together in the room mm-hmm. in, in an unrapified context. Right. Um, boning it up while he, he recovers, while Doc's away. Mm-hmm. So, so we're about to get into what the controversy of this film was. Mm-hmm. And it's the least controversial thing about the film. <laughs> because it's like they're fucking around on right. Doc Holliday. Mm-hmm. He's raped her. Um, and and so now we come to Howard Hughes or Hawks as director. I'm, using I'm every going angle, Hughes. I can't do Hawks. We'll talk every about that. angle possible to get her Riggle, tits, her tickle bit is in there in in the shot. Yeah. And it's just like it's it's all about her her uh, bosoms. It's called bosoms. The movie. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> now now here's the thing. God bless it. The, the 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 history in terms of Hollywood, in terms of the, of the U.S., the, yeah, the yeah. Motion Picture Association of America. Um, a guy named Eric, I think Eric Johnston, was the president, and he th- was threatening Hughes when this came out, like, this is pornography. Right. You can't have it in there. Hughes was doing weird things, like showing up with one print to, to movie theaters mm-hmm. and then delivering the, the unedited the, sort the of unedited uh, big old titty back print. Old, yeah, print <laughs> so that he'd have plausible deniability. Right. And then he sues the MPAA mm-hmm. um, for censorship issues. Right. And and so I read this article um, 
uh, from. Uh, it's an article. It's the know. nation, you fucking <laughs> you liberal cunt. But but basically, the article says that this this film, like Howard Hughes threatening to sue the MPAA, mm-hmm. um, led to a great deal less censorship in Hollywood. So that by the time um, Otto Preminger's The Moon is Blue with Audrey Hepburn in 1953 comes out, that's a movie where Audrey Hepburn says, I'm a virgin, like three times. And like right. America was up oh, in arms about that. How in the fuck are we related to us back then? <laughs> Just as a country. Well, so. <laughs> no idea, man. So, so, but, but the point is like that, that those movies, although they cause controversy, um, a lot of historians, including the one the writer of this article, claim that it was the outlaw that sort of broke the ground sure. for, yeah, you can have controversy and you can put warnings on, on movie posters, mm-hmm. but you can't, you know, censor. Stifle or censor, right. Which right. I'll get which to I, why that's bullshit. We, we have to give a little bit of credit, I think, to, to Hughes for, for I, I think he was just an iconoclist. He just did that kind of thing to be able to do that. Yeah, no, And absolutely. he also liked Jane, he also loved Jane Russell's uh, big old titties. Yeah, too, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Who'd have put those in a movie? Yeah, so, so uh, anyway, so that's, that's sort of a background and I'd like to sort of when we get to our second film I'd like to talk about why I think that's not necessarily true why sure. it wasn't as groundbreaking as people n- maybe think it is okay. but anyway that that is part of the sort of the history and, and so her tits are like are the historical notation of this film yeah. but actually I think they're no more interesting than things like the clear homoeroticism uh, yeah. of the film because when Doc Holliday gets back he now has to confront the fact that like Jeez, oh shit my, my girlfriend's been been fucking Billy the Kid my girlfriend's been fucking my boyfriend and so now what happens is this really interesting sort of dialogue mm-hmm. where they they try to um, argue out who mm-hmm. gets the horse Versus, and who gets uh, who right. gets Jane Russell and they both want the horse right <laughs> <laughs> which is so now the surface level is know. just to show how shitty they are and she's like fuck like right. I'm being traded down for a horse right. but the bigger picture actually is that they're fucking gay yeah. they, they, they <laughs> these two guys are so gay how yeah. gay are they okay we'll they're, talk about that hmm, near the end they're gayer than eight guys blowing nine guys <laughs> so then so then the film um, um, you know transitions to Billy the Kid and, and Doc Holliday sort of going out on the road again but, but Rio so fucking infuriated <laughs> On the surface, that that both of them wanted the horse more than her, but in actuality, that they're gay for each other yes. rather than attracted to her. She they changes out their their water for sand, for sand, and lets Pat Garrett know drops the dime with the with the fuzz. So now Pat Garrett's after them, but they're fuzz. aware that they're kind of like they need some revenge on her. Billy the Kid is more like I want vengeance. Doc Holliday has the the wisdom to be the like, yeah, <laughs> women, am I right? Oh, uh, now bend over. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my kid. So somehow uh, we end up with a scene where Jane Russell is um, tied. You know the old Indian trick of being tied with like wet leather, like spread eagle. Uh, you know on a tree so that the leather sort of stretches you out and right. hangs you off the ground. But only it only manages to to stretch the sure. fabric of her shirt out so we get more bosomy action, uh, more sweet bosoms. Yeah, which no one cares oh, about. Oh, just because utterly okay. wonderful. Utterly, Utterly, oh Tommy, sir. you <laughs> bazoom jokes. So, so I mean, in some ways, now again, there's there's more to talk about the homoeroticism, but in some ways, all the way through what we're talking about, I find this to be a a very enjoyable film. A word you like to use a lot, and I think it, it's perfect here. Very competent. Mm-hmm. I, I like it as a western. It's it's oh, 
man, I couldn't possibly disagree with. Not you to more. be too hotelish about it, but it's a great western. Uh, I, no, I got I couldn't. You don't like this movie? Mm, oh, I hated oh, this fuck fucking movie. Homophobe. I was ten homophobe. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes in, I was so fucking irritated. What don't you like about this movie? Oh, is this a historical? No, it, it is a little bit that. Okay. It's a little bit that. Mm-hmm. But really, what it is is it's some of the worst directing I think I've ever seen in my fucking life. I I've it. never been taken out of a movie more by the directing of it. Just the straight set pieces, you know. Uh, just like just okay, boom, like okay, conversation. Yep. It's it's it was so static. It's just like okay, establishing shot, close up on uh, close up Walter Houston, yep. close up uh, Billy the Kid, yeah. close up Doc. That that's all their conversations are just that back and forth. I've never seen it more static. I actually, I've never been more annoyed by a, by a directing in my life. I, to me, the the directing was was obvious, but it seemed to me like um, a, a a lesson in how to direct. I think it was a lesson in okay. not, not to how to direct as an auteur, but how to direct competently. Like, okay, interesting use of a tracking shot, of an establishing shot, of a so those things while they're in your face, they were like that's what filmmaking is. Yeah, I don't dummy. know. I didn't like. No, fuck you, dummy. <laughs> no, yeah. If you if this is how to make boring fucking movies. This no, is how to make Walter boring. Houston look incompetent as an actor. Bo- Dude, it had Jane Russell's same- gazongas and gay cowboy action. <laughs> wow, what do you need right, not I'm, to be bored? I'm very avant-garde. You're right. I mean, I'm very and I'm very pro boob too. Okay, bosom. Yes. Uh, no, well, you're just, just I've never seen now. Walter Houston like turned into such a weird. Characters, they're like yeah, not even in the same fucking room talking to each other. That's how. That's how. The, that's how the the shooting looks to me. Like the way the directing went. I yeah. was just so frustrated with that goddamn directing. That's uh, why I don't want to say that Howard Hawks had fucking anything to do with the directing. Okay, well, I know he did. I just disagree with you. I think it's a. It's a. Um, you know, Leonard Maltin gives it three out of four stars, and mm-hmm. that's exactly how I feel about it. It's not excellent, but I think it's good. But but okay, so let's just okay. move on to the to the where it gets particularly homoerotic, <laughs> which is that Matt Garrick, uh, Barrett Garrett eventually catches up with him, mm-hmm. and so now the love triangle has sort of you know co- oh, coalesced, right? Yes, absolutely. The and, bitchy queen and and um, with handcuffs, and I mean, they have on. to sort of like he has to give them their guns back for a minute to sort of fight their way out. Right, of the they're situation. like attacked by mescaleros, as I recall, <laughs> and and he. Um, um, Pat Garrett I mean it's really a sad sort of scene because he's betrayed by them because they won't give the guns back to him mm-hmm. go figure but it's also sort of like <laughs> I can't believe it you guys you guys it's really you know what Pat Garrett is like a high school girl saying you like her better than me mm-hmm. I can't believe it and that's that's the sad homoerotic part there the other part is that Doc Holliday um, unhistorically is, is shot mm-hmm. and there's a great scene at the end where Pat Garrett gives Billy the Kid Doc Holliday's guns. Uh-huh. Billy the Kid pulls out one of his guns and pulls out one of Doc Holliday's guns and holds them side to side and goes, they're about the same. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, Like, just fucking go blow his corpse already. Sweet Jesus! I mean, did you notice that? Yeah, it was yeah. really, really well, ridiculous. At the beginning, where like they were, where Pat Garrett and Doc <laughs> Holliday, like in the fucking beginning, where Dak, Pat Garrett and Doc Holliday are like. Are, are are trying to arrest Billy the Kid when yeah. they first find him after the horse, <laughs> yeah. and they manage to they manage. Pat Garrett sneaks up behind him, puts a gun in his yes. back, and then and Walter Houston just just gently pulls his guns out of his because he's got yes. two guns, of course. Oh, yeah. Just just lovingly pulls them out and like just fondles them. <laughs> <in front. laughs> God so, damn this is you. what I mean. Like I, 
I accept the fact that you don't like the direction of the film, uh, or maybe even it. the film, but it is an interesting film to talk about. It like really, you ought to see it just for that reason. I gotta say this. I'm gonna say there are many reasons to be grateful for Jane uh, Russell's titties. Yeah. One of them is that it made this movie so controversial that I, that I even know it exists. Right. Because it's an interesting movie. I, it is. I, it, it's like it's like it's like a, there's a quality of a Coen Brothers movie, which is I am often annoyed. I love I love many Coen Brothers movies. I'm often annoyed by Coen Brothers movies, but yeah. I'm never bored. What you, like, There's what always it, something to talk about. Give me some Coen ones Brothers that you like movies. and some some ones that you are, are uh, annoyed I, by. Oh, I like I like almost all of them, but a couple mm-hmm. of exceptions. One is probably uh, the biggest one for me is No Country for Old Men, and I yeah. realized after having read the book that mm-hmm. it's not nearly their fault as much as it is. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's uh, I do think that's an overrated movie as well. I do, that, and that ending was always very was very unsatisfactory to me. Now, having read the book, I get it a little bit more. Uh-huh. But watching the movie, I was just nah, no. But it was, but it was fucking beautifully shot. Yeah, it was super. Javier one of the most great movie, haircut, he was super Rose fucking haircut. compelling yeah. in that role. So yeah. there was there was always something to talk about in that, and that's true of this movie as well. I don't like yeah. it, but it's a conversation piece. It's for definitely sure. worth seeing, and 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 there are um um available. Like really good prints available, even at the level of YouTube. There's like yeah. a good print of the outlaw. Yeah, uh, which doesn't. I mean, look, we're putting this in the Jane Russell episode because it makes sense, right. given like what well the fame and her the, assets did in order to propel it to a, a national conversation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And 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 as you pointed out, maybe changing a little bit of the. Changing a little bit about the culture. Well, so now, now I'm actually going to suggest that, that it, it it didn't as much as people claimed that it did, or, or as much as I mean, Hughes his effort mm-hmm. in, in relation to this ship to this film and to other things he did in order to change the perceptions about what you can censor or not. I, I totally admire, and I, I'm a kind of a fan of Howard Hughes. The I kind weirdo. of am, except as a director, but with, yeah. <laughs> that's just. This. But but um, I don't know that it had the effect that everyone hopes that it did. And, and here's what I mean by that. So let's talk about our next film, which is 1956's The Revolt. Of Mamie Stover. Yes. Which is very, I'd never heard of this film before. Mm, very, no, very interesting film. Yeah. Um, it's 1956, so we're talking about 13 years later, three years after um, um, Jane Russell had, had co starred with Marilyn Monroe and, mm-hmm. and Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Yep. Um, and, and here's what I want to say about this film it starts in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and it's clear that Mamie Stover. This sort of sassy broad yes. is be, is being led to the docks mm-hmm. to get the fuck on a yeah, ship to get out of, out of town. It's like the beginning of Pal Joey. Almost. We want you out of town. Yeah. Okay. So now here's the thing. They're sending her to Hawaii. Well, yeah, or she's going to Hawaii to yeah. get out of town, right? right? To sort of escape her past. Right. And it, it becomes clear what the problem is, and that's that she's been a prostitute. But. Or has she been a prostitute? She's been something. Been prostitute well, is probably it. Because there was a five, there were five minutes that were cut out of the original part of this film, and the five mm. minutes were a police officer posing as a John, hiring her as a prostitute, oh. and then taking her to the station and saying, "Get the fuck out Jesus, of town." That would have been sort of cutting edge for the time, for well, sure. But it was cut out. My point being that all of how regarding even one of Howard Hughes's players, Jane mm. Russell, thirteen years later, they're still doing things like we can't have that edge in it. Although this film does have. A lot of engine. I would for like sure. to point out, you know, I don't like point out like she. Okay, so she goes to Hawaii. She gets a job that's every. It's got all the elements of prostitution. Yeah, but without the actual prostitution. Well, we don't know. She's that. got essentially a pimp. Okay, like, well, hold on. Let's let's. You're, right, you're going getting, too fast. I'm getting ahead. Yeah, getting. Oh, that's what she said. Uh, 
<laughs> so she gets on this boat. For I'm s- going too fast. For some me. reason, there's a boat from a ship from San uh, from San Francisco going to Hawaii with right. only two and, passengers. And for on some it. reason, the cops are willing are more than willing to cut, <laughs> the city of San Francisco is more than willing to cut the uh, to take 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 the cost of the ticket mm-hmm. to fucking Hawaii as opposed to Stockton or some other place. Right, that's just out of town. Yeah. Well, so so but, okay. She gets get on this boat. That. The other passenger is Richard Egan. Now we we've. Profile oh. Richard Egan before from Love Me Tender, the the uh, the uh, Elvis, Elvis episode, the, the, the King. Richard yes. Egan is just a fuck. Again, he's just a god, like a beautiful godlike. Yeah. He's just man, a good looking right? guy who just. He also looks like he's got the skin of a. He's got the, the skin of a, like a really of a, like a nice toned suitcase or from the day a broiler. Yeah. Or okay. Yeah. Right? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so he's, he's like, he's, like the, he's the Hollywood pretty guy who's definitely been way too much in the sun. Bro. And and he's he's a, a I guess a, a a notable writer who lives in Hawaii who's been in the California. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm sorry, Richard Egan's character is who's been in California like selling mm-hmm. his book to Hollywood, and then he's back to Hawaii where he enjoys his life. Right. What's interesting about him is. He uh, initially, we think Richard Egan is like a, a solid guy, but in truth, Richard Egan is like two things: he's a good guy and not a good guy. Yeah, what yeah. he is is he's a very honest guy, right? Well, now, 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 and at the same time, he comes across as like he first comes across as being sort of jaded, like yeah, like a world weary. But he falls right into the you know he falls right for Jane Russell stuff for Maybe Jane Russell, which he's not supposed to, right? Like a guy that jaded oughtn't to do that kind of thing, and that's how he comes across initially. Yeah, but. But then you're right. Ultimately, you know his his best asset is yeah he's he's just kind of a brutally honest person. He's brutally honest, and and so that it's he's likable and unlikable. And of mm-hmm. course, what's interesting is that is is that she plays a or sort of typically like hooker with the heart of gold. Yeah, and that doesn't play. That's that's pretty boring and stereotypical unless you match it with someone who also has two sides. Right, and he has two sides. Yeah, so so it's kind of their their chemistry is actually pretty interesting and yeah. compelling. I think. Yeah, for sure. It it's, shouldn't be, but it but it is. And and so like for and instance, it, when they when they disembark, um, it's clear it, it's clear he makes it clear that like um, yeah, he that. likes her, he'd like to see her again, but he has a girlfriend yeah. and he has you know a life and he, he doesn't want her to be part of it. He can drop in. Right, and meanwhile she's been uh, she's been. Uh, you know, foisted onto the freighter. <laughs> it's a freighter they're yep, on, yep. and sent to Hawaii with like five bucks to her name. So he gives her a hundred dollars because I want to bring that point back. Yeah, and here. and and she's got that classic sort of like I'm from you know Saltville, Mississippi, or right. whatever it is, right, and it's right. like you know I never going back to that town. I'm gonna well, if I'm going to go back to it, I'm going to go back in a limousine. Yeah, and buy the town. Yeah, yeah, right. And so. I'm going to make Walter Houston and Billy the Kid make out for money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Oh, so, that would have been a huge show in post uh, so the- <laughs> post war SF. <laughs> so, so, so it's sort of like you know what? What I like about this film from the get go is it's mature. It really it's is. It's brutally honest. It, it really is. It's like a it's like a like a good Herman Woke novel in the, like at this you know in 1956 or something. Like and the it's interesting that you say that because the cinematography reminds me of like. Um, the Kane Mutiny or yeah. um, Robert Wagner's Love and War. It's got that mid nineteen fifties sort of um, pacing and, and, and the, art direction the feel to it, and also just the color tone. You know, yeah. the tone of the color and all like that. And the ending is super interestingly mature. You know, well, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. All right. But, so, so you were saying so she so she gets this job. She she, she joins gets, this yeah, house she, run by Agnes Moorhead, who's a blonde. Yeah, she is, and, and she's totally um, superfluous as an actress, except to get her as like the third build star in this movie. I think. Well. 
I no, not, well, I guess anybody could have really sort of pulled any sort yeah. of middle aged woman could have pulled this off, but it was Agnes Moorhead, and yeah. she's always great to watch. She is, I like. She her. brings she brings a quality to it. So, anyways, this they, they, she gets a job at this establishment that just doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's very, this kind of thing couldn't exist. They're right sort now. of pulling, I feel strongly, from that segment of From Here to Eternity three years earlier, which mm-hmm. is like the, the the Honolulu Social Club. Yes, and it's is it a whorehouse? Not really, Not but really, but it kind of is. It's more like what we call it a strip. It, okay, so it, it's you buy. T- okay, you, so here's the math of it. Okay, yep. let's just break it down this mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to hang. You 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 spend. You get to go hang out with a bunch of singleish women in ball gowns, looking very nice. Mm-hmm. And you have these tickets. You know, so many tickets gets you this. So many tickets gets you that. And by this a, and that, Tom, I mean like talking a, about like sharing a drink, a and, drink or yeah, a, dance, a dance, right? Like, it's like a a dance social club yep. sort of a thing, yeah. Or you can also go off into the like the private rooms, the which champagne. are only just to sort of like have conversation. That's, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Okay. So meanwhile, the, you know the rules of the house are: don't mm-hmm. get married, don't do this, don't go to the wrong side of the town for the girls. For right? the girls, like right? You have to be committed to working right. here and not having a life. And outside here's here. here's our big jungle primate of a of an Asian man yep. who's basically the pimp of the house. I mean, That's right. so it's it's super pimp close to strong. prostitution and not quite. Yeah. Right, so and of course that those rules. So like here, she's committed to making money. Like money will solve all her right, problems. Because she comes from poverty in the middle of America. She wants money. That's, but that's also, her whole thing. she's finally made a connection with a guy who's even though he has a girlfriend and he's kind of a dick and he's sometimes nice. She likes him a lot, and he's on the outside, which is against the rules. So there's this conflict between right. her her goal of making money mm-hmm. and goal not goal, but like the possibility of actually falling in love with someone. Right, 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 and. Uh, um, By the way, I just out, like, he's uh, got a girlfriend who's fucking awesome. Yeah, she's oh, great. well awesome in the sense like, oh, so you're also seeing a whore? Okay, she's well, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's like it's perfect. In other words, yeah. No, no. First off, like I mean, she's attractive. Yeah. she's witty. She's from his class. Sure, right. And being from his class, by the way, it should be pointed out, he has no real interest in money. That's not his thing. Which puts him sort of at there's that there's that little tension between him and Mamie. Well, Jane, Jane Russell is uh, Mamie Stover is is um, more like strikingly hot than his girlfriend, but she's pretty damned attractive. You she's know? also pretty, but I think it could also be this other aspect, which is like part of the attraction for him is the, the white knighting of it. Yeah, yeah. right, and, well, and also the and also the also sort of the inherent danger of it yeah. as well. You know, so I'm dealing with this woman who's kind of you know potentially got like a mo- like a mob mole sort of quality to her. I guess so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, but... So, and we should point out, by the way, that the time period of this film is weirdly the fall of 1941. <laughs> we, we were introduced to this fact as people are walking around of a Sunday as as strange airplanes are flying overhead. What are those airplanes doing here? Yeah, by the way, what's today's date? We had no... Yeah, right. We had Isn't no the 7th fucking of December? idea this was... We had no idea what the time frame this was, but it turns out it was right before Pearl Harbor. So, of course, now we have this extra conflict, which is that, well, Pearl Harbor. Well, Pearl Harbor, right? Absolutely. Boom, there's the war. <laughs> and now and now here's the other thing too. And I guess this is I think this is kind of interesting because this yeah. is what, Okay, so so Mamie Stover uh, starts she's been squirreling away her dough. Yeah. She's got a decent amount of dough left yeah. over. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to, you know, basically get into buying up all the everyone's who's all the people who are leaving Hawaii because yeah. yeah. there's a fucking war she's on a and we war got war profiteer is what she is. She is a war profiteer. Yeah. I'd like to point out like now 
Yeah. Nobody would blink fucking twice at that. Nope. But at the time, war profiteering was really... We had scruples at one point as a country. Well, but only... Can you fucking imagine that? Only someone who works as a, like, quote-unquote, like, you know, dance girl slash possible whore would right. would have the sort of, like, um, insight to say, like, well, I'm going to do this because I people already right. look at me like I'm a piece of garbage. Right, and so she's, like, she's like unabashedly going for it, whereas people who were absolutely huge war profiteers yep. coming from an upper class were like, you know... They, it was to their advantage to not be seen as that. She didn't give a shit. She was no. like, "I'm buying up stuff. I'm gonna, I'm buying up real estate. I'm going to rent it to the to the government." So this movie is, is highly about class. Yeah, it's about being a woman and like your options yep. depending on the combination of gender and class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's really a, a kind of an interesting film. And also, you know, Richard Egan goes off to war at that point. Right, goes and, as a as a as a private for some reason. Yeah, I don't know, but he makes his way up the ladder pretty quickly. Yeah. But but and other stuff happens. But but basically, when they reunite, it's clear that. But well, it's a, go ahead. Let's back up real Please. quickly here because they had uh, they fell in love. They had their whole. They had like some pretty pretty gnarly nice romance scenes and yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, he basically proposes to her on the condition that she stop working at this place, right? And just make make your living off your real estate or whatever. And then she doesn't. Don't do that. And then she doesn't because Agnes Moorhead attempts her with the filthy with the filthy lucre. Uh, so she gets yeah. so she so she continues to do it and becomes a tremendous property in Hawaii because of all the influx of all the soldiers and sailors into there. Yeah. This kind of her services are huge. She becomes basically a pinup. All right, and so well, he's off at war. And he finds boom, one of his friends in yeah. a great scene. One of his one of his uh, squad mates, she, you know, shows him the pinup from Hawaii. This hot new chick, and he's like, fuck. Boom. Next thing well, you know. so, so yeah, so that I means so that's the classic. Like he's going to go back and and sort of judge her. Yeah. And this little party that's like, who the fuck are you to be judging anyone? Right. But what's really great about the film is what's redeemable about it is that it doesn't end with anyone being wrong. It actually ends with the two of them having a conversation about who they actually are in the world. Right. And it's, it's kind of a surprisingly a wonderfully film. adult movie. Yeah. It's really. It's, it, really it's, it reminds me a little bit of the, the one we did before, the way they were. Yeah. Oh, so this is how people actually fall in love and disappoint each other and have a relationship, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not, not the horse shit we're fed in movies today. Yeah. In I, movies. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I wouldn't say it's... My a, tickled bitties are old. I wouldn't say it's a, it's an excellent <laughs> film, but it is... Um, it's it's a good film. It's good. For it's sure. super competent. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even say... I couldn't... I can't really quote a flaw from it. It's no. not extraordinary, but it's worth watching. Um, Jane Russell, I think... I want to say that Jane Russell... Um, had like a Betty Page moment in life in that um, later on in life, Jane Russell became very, very almost evangelically um, Christian. Yes. And she saw it as a way of sort of um, balancing out how she'd use the first part of her life, um, which is her body. Right. Well, you know, and, and actually, but it wasn't, it was at the same time. I mean, I think, uh, I want to say she was in a, she started a crisp, uh, like a gospel mm-hmm. singing group. She was a, she was a, she was a singer on a, uh, that was like her other love was being mm-hmm. a singer musician. So she was in like, she formed a gospel group with uh, some other uh, Hollywood, uh, Hollywood and or famous singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was before gentlemen prefer blondes. Oh, you really so it started that much started that early. And yeah, like, but she's, yeah. that's interesting though. Then, then she's, she's got the sort of evangelical seed. Yeah. She got the seed. You know that grows and in, grows into. <laughs> grows in, okay. okay, I'm sorry. I'm the teenager here. That's right. That she that grows into you know being much more fervent about it, but, the, but certainly. But um, you know she was uh, okay. 
she, she had talent, so she took she did take advantage of those, you know. Well, there you go. So Jane Russell, man, I, I, I mean, there are other films, obviously, but the, this seemed like to span a nice sort of range. Two very different films. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Stover. I think we both agree is a good film. It's a good film. Definitely go check it out. If you never heard of it. You should. It's good. Yeah, it's a grown up. I like a grown up romance story. I do. We disagree. I think greatly on the outlaw, but I, we both agree that it's it's, it's worth checking but out. Please go watch this. Like it. Yeah. Watch this mother. It's really cool. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, any business? We don't need to ask you for your patronage through Patreon. Yeah, but if because... you feel like giving more, <laughs> we're not going to stop you because <laughs> we love you. Thank you yeah, for no. being a Patreon Very kind supporter. And and I guess we could ask we, you like tell do... tell a friend like tell other people about these secret yeah, episodes yeah. that are being unheard by too many people. I think pass it along right now we right now we have so few Patreons I can name them right so, yeah that's so. right and and then um, like the uh, rate and review us on iTunes yeah. Tommy you have some some sort of uh, comedian stuff yeah I mean I, I, I put my uh, I, I'm usually pretty good about putting up shows oh. I'm going to be appearing on as a stand up comedian yeah and god damn it what the fuck was that that oh, was burp. rude son of a bitch yep. anyways uh, in uh, my uh, Tom, tomsmithcomedy.com so go check that out please uh, and um, yeah rate and review us on iTunes <laughs> oh god damn it we didn't talk about that okay what oh just during uh, d- during the Mamie movie just how much you were into the jazz because it, it had a really cool like a lot of cool sort of jazz and music going on. It had the thing that that Laura has, which is it's a little annoying. Which is that the the theme from the Revolt of Mamie Stover mm-hmm. for some reason is on every radio and everyone's sort of humming it as they yeah, walk down the street uh, and so forth. Who gives it, a shit? It's some good stuff. But but you found it compelling. I uh, I did watching you. So hey, you do go. you remember um uh, uh, oh. her workplace reminds me? Do you remember the Hungry Eye? Yeah. Remember our experience oh, with the hungry eye? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. Oh, no. So, so uh, Tom and I decided, this was in the early 90s, this is 25 years ago, Tom and I decided that we were going to have a strip club experience. In fact, I, yeah. So, no, the, the, go let's, wait, let me back this up oh, and go. My, my remembrance is, it was one of the things that sort of brought us together in a sense. Like mm-hmm. we, we had been to a couple of different ones. We went to the Market Street Cinema was the most. Uh, oh, we went to the first. No, you have a terrible memory. No, your memory is full of. Okay, go shit. ahead. Anyway, so it I mean, it's, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's hungry anyway, eye, hungry so eye is the is the that's real the story. Point. Okay, yeah. so so this is the North Beach, right? The hungry eye has this great history. You know, Ms. Barbara Streisand, Bill Cosby, uh, you know, Woody started Allen. there. Woody Allen, a great sort of uh, small club. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time the '90s rolled around, it became a strip club among many strip clubs in North Beach, San Francisco. And um, it was horrendous. It was, we went yeah. there, and it was like every drink, every like a soda was a ten dollars uh, with yeah. a seven dollar carrying charge. Yeah, right. I mean, and it, it was, was like the third string of the 49ers uh, well, on first, stage. Of course, we were we were there at like three in the afternoon, which yeah. is never a good time to go to a strip club. Yeah, we're like she's keeping her tights on. I'm thinking that's probably a good thing. Oh know? yeah, like, well, it keeps the pole mm, cleaner, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Keeps the gunshot wounds free, you know, <laughs> to, 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 uh, to, to drain. All right. Anyways, so, so we're saying Outlaw we're split on, maybe uh-huh. Stover, two thumbs up, Hungry Eye, avoid at all costs. Avoid at all costs. All right. Moo, 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 moo,